His name is Crew. Hey, good looking. BMX is his world. Rad is his way of life. The world would be a lot better off without kids. We're here for the biggest and most important bicycle motocross event ever held. Hell track. This is a very important race. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn. And Jeremy. And today we have the second week of the Dark Council. We are under the control of the Dark Council. And uh, we are here to talk about the movie that they have so uh, generously (laughs) uh, put into our laps to watch. What um, generosity the council has. <laughs> what they really they look out for us, you know, and like it's something that we didn't appreciate until now is the way that they 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 watch over us and they direct us towards great yeah. art that we are we, all watched over by in by the council of loving care. Um, yeah. And I want to also and, make something clear, by the way, folks. Uh, <laughs> we haven't said it in a little while, but this is the show about movies with Brandon and Jeremy that doesn't take itself too seriously. It definitely doesn't. Especially and this week, that's going to be pretty important to keep in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, over the holidays, uh, you know, we, we we maybe started taking ourselves a little seriously and uh, yeah. maybe too seriously. Too seriously. Um, and so we forgot to say it very often, but you're right. We need to really remind people that we don't take we ourselves really too seriously. We really drive it home. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, and... <laughs> And and uh, if you don't know what the Dark Council is, you should go to patreon.com slash generation loss and find out what it is. There are no open slots currently for I the think there month is. of I think February. we have one open slot for March. Yes, for March. Uh, for February, be, it's all booked up, my friends. It's all booked up. However, for March... Like, uh, if you'd like to know what it is, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and perhaps become one of the council members. Yeah. Um, a counselor. But they, uh, I don't think that's they the get same to tell thing. us what to do <laughs> <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this month we are, of course, uh, in the midst of montage month where we explore films that make use uh prominently or otherwise of montages <laughs> and you know i was really cons- i was really assuming that there wouldn't be much montage in this movie that it would be a single training montage wow. and you know what but, <laughs> boy a lot of montage <laughs> it's mostly montage mamma mia that's a lot of montage <laughs> montage, does sound- <laughs> montage. <laughs> montage does sound like it would be like an italian word that italian americans like miss miss the yeah. Neapolitan dialect for the montage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't you look outside of there? It's full of montage. <laughs> it would be like it, the the uh, the real Italian word would be like montagiare, and they yeah, like, yeah, they, like cut the whole af- the whole last end off. It's always like the montage. <laughs> <laughs> my mama makes the best of montage. Oh, the way my mother makes the montage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. you get a you get a look at the montage on this girl. 
Wait, what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, so it would is be it, a food, but it would also be a euphemism for like a woman's for tits. ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or tits, yeah. It's like how it, it's like how uh, escarole is 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 a leafy green, but it's also money. You'll notice oh. uh, Christopher says the scarole all the time. The scarole. He calls money scarole. <laughs> Oh, okay. Which they is also again have one a of those stupid for- mishearing and uh, misremembering <laughs> of the way that their great grandparents said the word escarole. <laughs> <laughs> Did they say escarole? Escarole. Escarole. Um, yeah, I don't know Italian very well at all, I should say. <laughs> um, <laughs> I barely know any words uh, except the ones I know from Sopranos. But we'll talk about that later in the month. Yeah. Uh, on the Patreon. Um, since the Sopranos is now ready. Um, but we'll talk about all of that later in the episode. Until then, I have to ask Jeremy, what did you watch this week? Wow. Thanks for asking Bryn. <laughs> um, so welcome. <laughs> so this week, uh, I have been utterly consumed by us soccer drama. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to keep it very brief because I did also watch something. <laughs> okay. So does this have to do with the World Cup or is this is this a different tournament going it on? It does. Yeah, it has to do with the World Cup. We're still okay. we're still uh, relitigating why Giovanni Reina did not play very much at the World Cup. Um, what originally happened, Bryn, was that Giovanni Reina is a promising young athlete. He's 20 years old. He was supposed to be playing for the U.S. men's national team at the World Cup. And everybody pretty much assumed that he would. And then when the World Cup happened, he didn't play very much. He did play, just not very much. And people were wondering, what's going on here? Why isn't Gio playing? People were bugging mm. the the staff and the coaches and saying, why isn't Gio on the field? I love Gio. And he never played. <laughs> then uh, nothing happened with that for a little while. There were some rumors kind of jumped around that like people were mad about it inside the team. Doesn't really matter. Then okay. a month later... Uh, the coach Greg Baralter is at a is at a, uh, a leadership conference event, and he says he tells a story about a player who will remain nameless, who had bad attitude problems at the World Cup and almost got sent home. And everybody <laughs> reads this and they say, "Well, that sounds like it's probably about Gio Reyna, huh? That sounds sure. like probably that was him." And then the next day, a big article comes out where some journalists confirm that it was him and that he almost got sent home and that everybody was mad at him and it was a big problem, right? Okay. Fast forward another month. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, you know, this is all settled down. The dust is settled. Gio Reyna has uh, uh, put out his own statement being like, you know, I try to be a professional, but, you know, I was I was a bit of a bitch at the World Cup. I was being a pain in the ass and I almost got sent home. I had a bad attitude. The end. Mm. Right. You think that's the end of the story? No. This past week. <laughs> Out of nowhere, uh, U.S. men's national team coach Greg Berhalter puts out a statement saying he was being blackmailed at the World Cup. That somebody <laughs> was sending text messages to the U.S. Soccer Federation saying uh, that they have information that will lead to the arrest of Greg Berhalter. <laughs> Not really, but they're saying like it will take him down. He'll get canceled, and this whole thing is going to go to fucking flames if you don't play Geo more. <laughs> Who could that have been? 
and uh, and then it, and then it turns out that um uh the the secret and he he's revealing this himself to get out ahead of it where he, he uh when he was 18 years old when he first met his now wife of 30 years <laughs> what i didn't he, even know that part about it yeah his wife of 30 of 30 years with whom he has like three kids when they first met they were on a date they got in an argument and he kicked her in the shins a few times they broke up got back together and the rest is history as they say that right. was the story that was supposed to cancel Craig he was 18 he was 18 years old and he kicked his the, he's like his a girlfriend 50 in the year old man or whatever yeah uh-huh <laughs> yeah so um you're canceled, sis. You're canceled, sis, for kicking <laughs> this woman in the shins. But basically, everybody looks at this story and they say, well, that's not really that interesting. And that's a really long <laughs> time ago and a pretty small thing to be getting all bent out of shape about. Who would know something like that? Why would they have had that information? The that's only people who point. would know is Gio Reyna's parents, who are Greg Berhalter's best man at his wedding and his wife's <laughs> roommate in college, respectively. It's the dumbest people of all time. Yeah, so they put out a statement the following day saying, yeah, we did it, but you know what? <laughs> you know what? He didn't play our son, and Greg Berhalter actually downplayed how how bad the, the kicking in the shins was, and she went through serious trauma, and I don't think we have to apologize for it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah, where things gra- stand right now. The it's Guardian been- <laughs> has a has an article called Soccer Parents Gone Wild yeah. behind the stunning R- Renea Ball- Bearhalter family feud. It's so fucking funny. It's so wild. It just keeps like new wrinkles just keep getting added to it and <laughs> It's just really stupid, and it's awesome, and yeah, I love it. it. It seems like if the Cohen brothers directed a comedy about football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does yeah. feel a lot like Burn After Reading at times, yeah. Yeah, like, just G- like, really yeah, just like Claudio Reyna, just like using a voice modulator, calling up the U.S. Soccer Federation, just like, we have information about Greg Berhalter. They're like, Can okay, you hear this? What, 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 uh, I'm sorry, is the machine working, or does it sound like my regular voice? Uh, it's you sound disguised. I think it. I think it sounds like the. I. I think it sounds like <laughs> my regular voice. Does well, this? Can can somebody tell me? Can can I just? I, I'm gonna call you right back. I'm gonna I'm gonna test this on somebody else. All right. Talk, <laughs> talk to you later, Miss Araya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really fucking stupid. <laughs> Um, and then he calls then he like he he calls to like order food for everybody but he left the voice modulator on. <laughs> <laughs> can i get the two I orders need, uh, of montage <laughs> i need i need a i need a pizza half half <laughs> half pepperoni half what do you guys want <laughs> you want mu- mu- mushroom yeah half half pepperoni half half mushroom yeah half mushroom <laughs> <laughs> Sir, why are you talking like that? <laughs> oh fuck, is it still on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can't hear it. <laughs> yeah, because he, yeah, because he's just talking normal. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what's That'd going on in soccer world right now. And, that's a good uh, movie, sure. It's a good movie. And then uh, the thing that I also watched this week uh, was um, this place rules the uh, HBO oh, Max original documentary film by Andrew Callahan. Documenting the months leading up to uh, uh, 
All gas, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. Channel five. Andrew Callahan. Um, it documents the months leading up to the uh, January sixth insurrection on the United States Capitol. <laughs> oh, the insurrection, huh? The very one. I can't believe they did an insurrection. Yeah. Um. So. Um. I'll say pretty fucking good. Um, good. If you like Andrew Callahan videos, if you like All Gas No Breaks, if you like Channel 5, you'll like this movie. It's basically just a long one of those. So if that sounds appealing to you, you're in luck because that's what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's... So, I mean, I've been a little bit hesitant because I've heard him talk a little bit about it. Um, and he kind of has this like, the the country has become so extreme on both sides kind mm -hmm. of shtick that he's been doing recently like i i i feel like he has always been pretty careful not to really say anything about like what like he's just showing stuff and documenting it mm -hmm. um which if you recall was tim pool's thing he said <laughs> i'm not trying to sh say anything i'm just documenting it um and then when I heard him say that, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he definitely, he definitely presents it that way a fair amount in this. Um, but I think you'll be satisfied with the way that he does that. Okay. Um, where like kind of the, the, the thesis of the movie, I would say without spoiling too much for you is like the political landscape of that era was mostly marked by grift and and money making sure and that's primarily what it is is it's it's loud stupid people shouting at each other making big scenes and ultimately just making a couple of people a lot of money and right i think he definitely definitely uh leans much more towards making fun of right-wing freaks mm-hmm there's a lot more of that. And then the left-wing people who he does kind of take aim at end up being just like really fucking lame liberals. <laughs> sure. Um, and just Which like deserve it. kind of like black block dorks and like stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but like really not, not nearly as prevalently as, as right-wing uh, freaks. Right. And I think I, I, the, I think the thing about that is, that he's he's seemed he's still so young mm -hmm. that I mean I definitely at that point in my life would have been making similar like I don't know how I would exactly critique the quote the left you know mm -hmm. like if the uh, considering it doesn't really exist at this point like it is it's harder because it feels like people who have their hearts in the right place most of the time. So you kind of have to find the really weird freaks who don't <laughs> to mm -hmm. make fun of them. Uh, I don't know. It's it's an interesting problem to solve with a yeah. with a documentary like this. I mean, I think you'll I think you'll be satisfied with it because it's it's mostly just him doing his thing. You know, it's like like I said, right. it's really just a long Channel Five video. So it's like it's mostly just putting a mic in front of people and letting them do the you know it's 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 letting them do the talking you know it's like it's like when you swing an axe to chop wood and you just kind of like let it fall you know you don't do the swing <laughs> you let it fall right. and break the wood 
And I think that's kind of most of what he's doing here. So like the people who are going to say stupid shit, say stupid shit. And the people who aren't don't. And um, there's some heavy handed, like, I think that having it on HBO and having it have big money people involved kind of put some pressure on them to like make it more of like a product. So there's a bit of stuff in it that I find really cringe where he's like, he'll like cut away from something and like give it commentary where I'm like, I don't know, man, like I don't really need this. Like you could (laughs) have kind of put these two next to each other and I would have gotten what you were getting at. Sure. There's something where he like hangs out with this family of, of QAnon people and he talks to the kids and you just hear these kids who are programmed to talk about QAnon stuff and you're just kind of like really sad and then he right, goes sure. to like a project that's like two miles away and talks to these black kids about how like one of their cousins was fucking murdered in the streets like two days before and like I think playing those two next to each other and highlighting how close they are to each other is like that's plenty that's plenty I get it sure but then they like cut away to him and he like says, you know, and they're so close to each other and they live in completely different worlds. And I couldn't help but think about like how much money you oh. have to have to live this kind of lifestyle where you're worried about reptilians and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm like, I get it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why you put them there. Yeah. And, and it's like, it, it's hard to be, hard. I feel like it's tough to be hard on him considering he's 25. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's—I don't know—he's just so young. It's surprising yeah. he—he's just like he clearly has a very specific talent, mm-hmm. which is finding interesting people and getting them to talk. Yeah, I um, um I described it in my in my letterbox review as finding rock star NPCs in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just people who are. And it's not, it's funny because it's not just people who clearly want to be in front of the camera. Those people are definitely there, but he also finds really insane people who don't seem very comfortable in front of the camera mm-hmm. and gets them to say insane shit or, or just yeah. really interesting shit. And it's just like, I mean, I've been to stuff, I've been to events. Like, I, it's not like I've never been around a huge crowd of people before. It's fascinating yeah. his ability to just like, like a fucking heat seeking missile, just find the weirdest people at every single thing and just <laughs> get them to do something funny. It's insane how fucking reliable that is for him. Yeah. It's really, un- it's especially really in this movie because it's like, in 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 work on his channels and whatever, you can kind of write it off as like he goes to this event and he just hangs out there all day and like, you know, waits for something funny to happen, blah, blah, blah. And if nothing funny happens, then he doesn't make a video out of it. This movie, like it's like it's it's like a timeline, you know, it's like this event, then this event, then this event. Like these are all things that happen in the, the lead up from like one event to another event he had to make this all happen in real life. You know, it's, it's just, it's right. fascinating to see. Um, and there's a lot of really great wacko fucking characters in this that you're going to love it. Yeah. Does he go to January 6th? No, he has fucking COVID. Oh no. <laughs> it's the greatest, the, like the greatest crime in history is that, is that he, he didn't had, get to go. Is that he had COVID during it and he didn't get to go. Yeah. That's so awful. I was. I, one, I remember like, 
the day it happened. I think I even tweeted about it. I was like, where is Andrew there? I know. Like, we, I remember I talking to you about it. I remember being like, he's got to be there. He's he's there. <laughs> I can't wait for the video. <laughs> he's got to be there. This is his whole beat. Yeah. But that's why, because he had COVID. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's allegedly. But there's also a part of me that thinks <laughs> he was there. Um, Ooh. There's a part of me that my conspiracy theory this is that is he was there, uh, but that like he saw what was happening to people who were there, and he was like, "Oh fuck that! I'm just lying, <laughs> just saying I wasn't there. Like it's not worth it for the footage." You I know? mean, was there anybody who got in trouble there who was press? Like there was press there. It's not like he would get there in was trouble press there, for- but I. But you know how he does it. I mean, like he's got videos of him in <laughs> Minneapolis inside of a burning Target, like just talking to people looting. <laughs> there's no way he wasn't going in nancy pelosi's office and like sitting in the chair and talking to people there and whatever like he would have been doing exactly the same crimes everybody else is doing that's true i would have yeah if i was there for sure that would have been great so my my working my my personal theory is that he was there they did do it and then afterwards he was like it's not worth it the uh, lawyers so, were like, "Do not release yeah, any of don't this release footage because you you simply must burn this." <laughs> well, they even say in the movie they're like, "They're like so much of what helped the FBI to catch people was that everybody just like live streamed it and tweeted it and whatever, and like they all have all sorts of digital artifacts showing that they were there." Right. So I could totally believe him just like filming a couple shots of himself in the RV, just like sweating it out with COVID, and just being like, "Yeah, I wasn't there. I had COVID." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it also helps that uh, a lot of the people there were on the FBI payroll, mm-hmm. uh, such as the leader of the Proud Boys and yeah, the that comes up. keepers. Very strange. Anyway, sounds like a fun movie. Um, I will be watching it soon. That's um, good. What did you watch this, this week? This week I watched, uh, just yesterday I went and saw a 35 millimeter print of Paul Thomas Anderson's the phantom thread um which i had seen before i saw in the theater when it came out did you see that movie no oh okay um you like pta yeah Mm -hmm. a big pta guy uh big i like pta what's your what's your least favorite one oh i gotta pull them up uh let's see it's hard eight boogie nights magnolia punch drunk love there will be blood the master phantom thread oh no inherent vice phantom thread um and licky pete's licky pete's i gotta tell you i mean (laughs) i like everything i've seen from him i just haven't seen everything from him that's the thing with him is it's like is i know he's great i know i like everything i've seen of him but it's just like i've never liked it enough to be like i gotta go watch all of them really yeah whoa oh that's interesting. Did you see Boogie Nights? I only just saw Boogie Nights. It's so good, right? It's great. I loved it. It's <laughs> so it's so nauseatingly uh, uh, anxiety-inducing, but I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all of his movies are quite good, uh, except for Licorice Pizza, which is like a hard six, I think. Mm. Um, it's okay. It's, it's like a reasonable movie. The Phantom Thread was my other least favorite of his when I first saw it, but my friend had an extra ticket and was like, I'm going, my other friend bailed on me. Do you want to come see it? Right at the last minute, I said, sure. And it was one of 
it was one of those experiences that I feel like I don't have very often where my opinion on the movie was like entirely wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it was actually we, m me and that friend had had a conversation about it where I'm going to spoil the movie a little bit. I don't sure, know if you go give ahead. Um, the movie is about a dressmaker in 1950s London. He, uh, his played by Daniel Day Lewis, and he's just a huge bitch. Like mm -hmm. he's just an asshole to everybody. He's this like real prissy guy who needs everything to be just so. And I need my eggs to be like this, and I need to have cream, and I need to have my tea, and I need to have silence, and I need to be working all the time. And he meets this woman at uh, a diner who she's. He meets a waitress, and then they fall in love. And they're just shitty to her that each other the whole movie, um, and so this movie comes right after I think two of the best movies of the decade that they released: There Will Be Blood and The Master. But both mm -hmm. of those movies um, are like really dark movies about like abuse, oppression, and power structures in America. Like they're they're sort of I, I think of them as sort of related movies. Um and so and I can't remember if Inherent Vice came out before, um, like right after the master. Is that how it worked? Yes. And then the in Inherent Vice is funny, but it's also like very much about like the deep state and and the way this the sixties ended and the seventies being this thing where like the cia began to like take control it's a very dark movie but it's funnier mm -hmm. um so i was like going into this movie like he's on this streak three movies in a row about like you know exploitation and power structures in america um and i was like okay it's 1950s ish london it's dark it's about like this high class guy you know what's it gonna be about and when I first saw the movie, I just found it to be like really stressful and strange, but then like nothing happens. Uh, so I didn't really get what it was getting at. Uh, but when I watched it this time, I realized that it's a, f it's just a, a movie about like a really dysfunctional couple mm -hmm. <laughs> and the way they solve it by like basically like fetishizing hurting each other as like a part of their love language. And if you just look at it as like a kind of fucked up, like soft kink romance movie, uh, it's very funny and very cute. And this was, I saw this, cause when I saw it the first time I saw it in a theater full of like very reverent, like fans, I guess, and no one was laughing. And so it just had this weird feeling of like dread, like mm -hmm. something bad was gonna happen. And then when I saw it this time, it was full of people who'd already seen the movie and it was just like, non-stop laughing <laughs> like people were just laughing at every little quip they had at each other um and it was a much more fun movie i i, I really enjoyed it this time i don't think it's i still don't think it's as good in the sense that it still isn't really trying to say anything about like the world or or culture or anything it seems very insular and just about like people who are kind of spoiled and selfish and what love between those kinds of people is like. Um, 
but it's funny and it's it's very entertaining it felt like it moved at, at a much faster clip this time it wasn't as slow and 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 silly or a slow and sort of uh i didn't experience it like a tense movie i experienced it as a funny movie mm-hmm. um and i liked it i thought it was pretty good nice <laughs> <laughs> old pt yeah i like it i hope he goes back to making so what's you know, your what's your number one pt then uh i i always go between the master and there'll be blood mm-hmm. like i think it's probably there will be blood but on some days i just like the master more because it's just the philip Yomar hoffman's performances is, is fucking out of control that's wild that there will be blood is is his top earning movie too I know it's so because <laughs> it's so dark and strange and long and yeah it's not really like uh it's I not mean, a blockbuster it's not a blockbuster by any means I wonder if it to some extent is because it's coming off the back of um Gangs of New York oh do you think so I think yeah I mean I think well Gangs of New York is like a mega hit you know you're talking 200 mil there that's a big blockbuster movie. And I wonder if to some extent, like people are seeing Daniel day Lewis in another kind of like old American role. And they're like, Oh, I'll like this. I liked gangs of New York. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It, it, when was that movie? Gangs of New York was, um, 2002. There we bought it. Okay. 2007. So like six. Oh yeah. So five years later, five That's years not later. that long. Yeah, and depending uh, I on hated Gangs in New York. It's not very what good. part of the year. <laughs> um, more like this is four. crazy. I didn't know he just like straight up loses money every movie. Like, and they're they're so cheap. The Master is only costs thirty two million dollars and lost money. Inherent Vice is twenty million and only made fourteen. I can't believe Punch Drunk Love didn't do anything. Yeah, cost twenty five and made twenty four terrible yeah that's got adam sandler in it how is king of the box office how is it like how do they like i mean i know everyone knows he's like probably like the best american filmmaker that's living or one of them yeah i mean that's basically got to be it right is it's just like can you just be like my movies are real good (laughs) and then just be like okay i guess we'll throw money at you yeah this is wild i didn't even realize this yeah licorice pizza lost money uh inherent vice lost money master lost money bombs box office bombs but they're all great i mean i don't think he's really made a bad movie yeah that's so crazy How does he get away with it? How does he keep getting away with How it? How he can't keep he can't keep getting away with it? <laughs> wow! I don't know how you can do that. What a king! <laughs> yeah, keep on because you money, know Paul. he's not gonna get. They're gonna let him make his next movie. Of course they are. What are you gonna say no to Paul Thomas to Anderson? Paul Thomas box office Anderson. <laughs> But what's so crazy is that he hasn't like done one for them. Like he didn't do a Disney movie. He's not doing a Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like that would it's just be all so funny. Up. The Paul Thomas <laughs> Anderson Marvel movie. <laughs> 
how is he how is it i don't know how he can do this how does he keep getting away with it how does he get away with it i mean his movies are cheap that's that's his biggest kind of not that cheap yeah i mean they're like yeah they're modern movie cheap but they also steadily get more expensive that's pretty fucking wild maybe they make money in a different way (laughs) like in a in a secret third way secret third way (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> like maybe they make their money way back on DVD, like way more than any other movie. Yeah, you know how you know how people are buying DVDs now. I don't know. People. There's got to be some explanation. Paul Thomas Anderson, come on the show. Come explain on the show. To us explain your you- financial situation. <laughs> are his parents? blue on this website my, uh, my brother-in-law was just asking me about he's gonna buy a ps5 uh for his sons and he's like he's like should i get the digital or the regular one and i was like well you know the regular one is good because you can like sell the games when you're done with them and yeah. uh you can use it as a blu-ray player and then i just like i for a second i was like who the fuck is still using a Blu-ray player? <laughs> Who well, in the world is still using a Blu-ray player? And also the price difference between the digital and the regular. You'd have to like sell several games to make that up. It's a hundred bucks more. Yeah. Yeah, I have the disc version because I have Blu-rays. <laughs> and I still watch. I actually just watched The Ring on DVD. Regular DVD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why the, i don't know because i have it <laughs> i'm not gonna I mean, download Blu-rays it at least are like it. you know it's like the quality and whatever like why a dvd i don't know that's you just I want have. that fucking menu with all the special features and everything i just still have it it's like over there <laughs> i don't know why but it, i i definitely do like having the discs of the games i don't because you have to delete them cuz like they never give you enough space mm-hmm. like to have more than 5 games like well, this I game love... costs 60 gigs and you have only 150 so yeah how does that work with the playstation though do you get like cuz i like how on the switch you can use like an sd card and like have a couple of them you know that's yeah. nice they're much smaller on the Switch. On the on the on the PS five games are all like twenty, sixty gigs. No, but I mean like, like is there like a um uh is there like a physical drive thing that you can like put the games on and like take it out? I don't think so. Like how you can do with an S D card, you can like take that in and out of the switch. I don't I don't know, but it definitely doesn't seem that way. <laughs> uh I just have I just have the disc one so that I can just like keep them on disc and then I don't have to I don't have to fuck with it. Yeah. I guess you can use USB extended storage on PS5 consoles, but I never mm. tried. Um, well, crazy. That's anyway, crazy. Anyway, I liked Phantom Thread. I think it's even his worst movies are still worth watching. So Nice. And that chewed us. up 35 that that chewed up another five minutes that we won't have to spend <laughs> talking about 1986's rad our feature directed. presentation <laughs> directed by hal needham <laughs> international title of course hell track <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know it was called something Who different. Who is Hal Needham? What else did he do? He did Smokey and the Bandit. Oh. Cannonball Run. What? Uh, lots of that kind of bullshit. First of all, Smokey and the Bandit's not bullshit. I know um, you like it. That's crazy. I would have thought this would have not sucked complete ass uh, for that. <laughs> Um, no, no, wait. What you that you didn't like it? <laughs> he directed the, the original Longest Yard. The original Longest Yard so without Evan Sandler. Hooper. This guy was real horny for 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 Burt Reynolds. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Wow! Look at that poster. Of Look the at that yard. poster. Holy, Holy shit. shit! That's pornography. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a fucking. Uh, that's that's uh, that's like a, a Tom of Finland drawing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he did. So Hal Needham did a ton of like, he did Long's Yard, Smokey and the Bandit. You know why uh, he's called Smokey and the Bandit? Two. You know why he's called Needham? Because when he, he saw him. when he saw Burt Reynolds, he said, "I need him." <laughs> ha- Hal Needham. <laughs> Hal Needham. <laughs> in, in, about himself in the third person, and he's like he's like <laughs> wagging his ass at Burt Reynolds, <laughs> <laughs> like a like a wiener dog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so this guy made a bunch of very silly movies in the 70s and then in the 80s seemed like he needed even more money and uh, made Cannibal Run 2 and Cannibal Run and Mega Force. Wow, and he Ace made Hunter. all of the fucking Smoking the Bandit shit too. He made Smoking the Bandit 2. He made all these made for TV Smoking yeah, the Bandit Beauty movies. and the Bandit, Bandit, Bandit. Bandit uh, Silver and then, Angel. <laughs> and then right in the middle of all that, he made a movie called Rad, which is the movie we watched this week. <laughs> and it stars uh, Aunt Becky, uh, Bill Allen, Talia Shire, who's uh, the wife from The Godfather, um, and the girlfriend in the Rocky movie. Uh, uh, it's got Lori, like real Lori people Loughlin. in it. That's why I said Aunt Becky. Oh, yeah. She's Aunt Becky in Full House, right? You're absolutely right. Uh, (laughs) So this is a movie about uh, a young boy who lives in a small town, uh, and he loves the BMX. He loves the BMX. Well, first, Bryn, before we get into all of this. Okay. The the quote-unquote plot. The quote-unquote plot. Before we get (laughs) to the plot, we are treated to a delightful five uninterrupted (laughs) minutes of BMX (laughs) footage. (laughs) Kids kids in like fucking like racing like NASCAR jumpsuits doing BMX freestyle on the ground. And, And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking of like, oh, like a like in like a video part, like for pro BMXers. No, we're talking about uncut long shots, <laughs> <laughs> long <laughs> shots of them doing, you know, little hops on the wheel and like standing on mm-hmm. the peg and doing little, like spinning the wheel with their hand and like every variation <laughs> you can think of, of what a flat ground BMX trick might possibly look like they're doing it. <laughs> Except it's gotten much more impressive now. Like there's mm-hmm. a certain like I've seen people do like flat uh, BMX stuff in person, and like even I mean, in like Union Square, there's yeah. kids doing that stuff sometimes. And like it's like a an interpretive dance at this point. They're always like 
making wide yeah. circles and the sport and this has is progressed not like a that. great deal yes much much <laughs> as skateboarding has if you watch 80s skateboarding videos you know what i'm talking about god damn yes. is it way more fun to watch now no this is yeah. the 80s bmx style so nary a tail whip <laughs> in sights <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's funny because they all they still don't have the the brake strings so it's like they could be doing that. They're yeah. on their tires, but they uh-huh. refuse to do cool stuff. No cool uh, tail this whips. Is, uh, this is no. before the Rodney Mullen of bikes. Yeah, this <laughs> is like they've they the 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 coolest thing they could possibly think of is the thing that crew does at the very end of the race, which is a three sixty. <laughs> <laughs> that's the coolest that's like that might as well be the fucking 900 you know they did a 360 He's on a bicycle yeah. are you kidding <laughs> in midair mid are you kidding me <laughs> uh yeah so that we open with honestly a pretty fun i mean like the opening sequence where they're like flying into the air mm-hmm. is pretty nice i think the like i have a little bit of i i, I was I was like, oh, cool titles. Um, it is really long. And it's I'm like, all so right, let's, yeah, let's, let's go let's ahead and start the movie. <laughs> uh, and then we get into the quote unquote movie, um, which let's just say it right now. It functionally has the exact same premise and plot as like, I don't know, those like roller skating movies in the 50s or like... Mm-hmm. Or like There's a skiing like all movie, like, like uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got any, any of that type of movie you can think of. It's kind of like that. <laughs> we got to win the hot rod race to uh-huh. like not get run out of town or something. Yeah. Like it's there is no thought put into what this movie could be or should nope. be because you know they're kids of a different generation. And as a matter of fact, I was reading the Wikipedia like. Leonard Malton, of all people, was like, this is just a 50s, like, we've done this movie so many times, but they're supposed to be, like, cool, hip, new kids, but it's the exact same shit. It's so funny to get roasted by Leonard Malton. And he's so correct. (laughs) And he's so fucking nailed you. (laughs) Pathetic. (laughs) Um, so, So, So we're in, like, a small town in the middle of nowhere, uh, crew and his homies are BMX riders are the only ones in town. It seems like um, crew is uh, kind of like a bit straight laced for being a BMXer dude. Uh, his friends are a little more what you'd think of as being cool BMX people. It's mm-hmm. a crew of three. It's two guys and a girl. The guy and the girl seemingly are dating. The girl seemingly is loved with a different mic than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice that the quality oh, of her, her voice, voice is, is just completely like so, different yeah but she's also just like such a husky sounding lady that it's uh-huh. like maybe they did just like we didn't get your voice because you're so like low i don't know yeah. it's like she sounds 80 yard most of the time yeah though. whatever it is it's a different mic in a different location <laughs> something different is like, happening yeah she sounds like spinelli from recess uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they're sort of just like little dirt bags riding around town on their little bikes. They have a newspaper route. 
it's just such oh, a yeah. funny like it's such a funny thing to like uh to be like well we got these bikes we got cool biker things like it's like it's an emerging trend we're gonna make a movie about this emerging trend what are we gonna have our cool bicycle people do <laughs> well what do you do on a bicycle deliver the paper 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 route that's all (laughs) because it's like it's so silly because it's like they're they're supposed to at once be like hip cool kids but they're also small town like buttercream gang like (laughs) oh we're like we love the cop who chases us and like we like work at a a corner store or something Uh so they're just like wholesome small town kids who like don't do anything wrong at the same time too and like uh crew has has a crush on a popular girl who's like the most busted 80s chick you've ever yeah busted and mean yeah. no no personality and then he meets a cool bmx girl about halfway through the movie and we just <laughs> we just completely get rid of her we never see the busted <laughs> girl again right she so, doesn't even come back so, at the end to be like oh actually i think you're cool now nope, she's nope. out of the movie <laughs> she's gone <It's- laughs> she's like the first wife in raging bull she's fucking out of here <laughs> beat it bitch you're out of the movie (laughs) but something really funny in the beginning that i really liked is that so we have this five minutes of uninterrupted bmx footage for the credits then it cuts out and we have a really quick scene of them like getting their papers together where they're like all right dudes let's go fucking deliver our papers and then the music comes right back in it's like 30 (laughs) seconds of dialogue and then we get back to an action sequence with music (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i know speaking like we said at the beginning of the show this movie is basically all montage yeah. like there's f- even the even the scenes where there's supposed to be dialogue and stuff feel like they just can't they're like twitching to get back to montage <laughs> can i just can i cut to a future time <laughs> <laughs> we could cover this in like you know what they did that whole day right yeah, we, don't we could need, just like we could we could really br- just breeze through all this <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this uh, is like a, also, this, is, <laughs> this is a brisk 90 minute movie and it feels like a fucking eternity <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucking long feeling i think it's because uh, of all the montages right is because yeah. it's covering so much time and you're just like oh okay <laughs> and i don't <laughs> very little happens in the movie yeah. um i wanted to point out that the opening first of all i think the best part of the movie is the music <laughs> It is absurd. Yeah, and it's I think so I, great. <laughs> I think that the opening sequence has the most bizarre decision I've ever heard in a like eighties pop song. The opening track of the movie has a key change in the chorus, <laughs> like not not <laughs> not as like oh later in the song they do a key change to no every time they do the chorus there is a key change. Yeah. It's, astounding (laughs) it doesn't make any sense at all um they have no idea what they're doing yeah usually Um, like a usually key change (laughs) is something that you earn you know it's something that like you build to and it's kind of like a big crescendo moment (laughs) in a song not like not something that you just kind of like throw out there as like well what if we did that (laughs) why not like as soon as it happened i was like in the first course a key change and then they go and do it again in the second chord like that's just how the chorus goes <laughs> it's fucking bizarre um a lot of the music is really strange 
but that sort of take it like push it to the limit um you're the best around type mm-hmm. like 80s power not ballad exactly but like almost just like sports like jock jam. jams like uh jock yeah jam- like 80s well, yeah. jock jams uh right and then we have this one beautiful song right in the middle they play uh send me an angel by real life uh at the at the uh the prom Mm -hmm. um which is a fantastic song and a a fantastic sequence as well which we'll get to (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there what else happens so so now we're five minutes into the movie 10 minutes in maybe (laughs) we're done with the newspaper route and uh some shit happens we learn about the busted chick that cruise into we learn that uh i think she like implies that she might have fucked him once and she regrets it or something Mm. um and then we find out that the Mongoose Bike Corporation is sponsoring a, a big race in their small town. I don't know. I don't remember why it's there, but it's there. <laughs> They're doing a big race. It's called Hell Race and or Hell Track. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it's a big deal. And uh, crew wants to try to get into it. And uh, it's funny because the big third act of the movie is this big race. But otherwise... All of the BMX in this is so trick oriented. I'm so intrigued by what's happening here. <laughs> like, why is the why is it a race? And then everything else we see him do is like he does tricks. And and the thing that everybody notices about him and makes them think he's a special talent is his tricks. It's how good he is at the, tricks. The two are not related. And I don't even think like a simpleton who knows nothing about BMX at all would 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 see the two of them back to back and be like, oh, he's so good at flat ground tricks. He must be a great racer. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, I mean, he, we see him be fast at like, there's a long sequence where he, they're out running the cop on the motorcycle. Yes. Um, that's fun. And he, he's supposed to be fast, I guess, but that's not really what he's like into it exactly for. Yeah. Um, and there's an interesting but, thing that happens here too that I was I wanted to find more on and couldn't really. I was uh, everybody's voice in this is kind of wild, and I thought that maybe mm-hmm. they were Canadian at first, but they're not. Uh, and no. then there's small town. I, I I really thought that this movie was from a different country. <laughs> uh, something about it has like the stink of like Australia or something. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Australia or Canada or something, and maybe they dubbed it or something. Nope. Nope, it's American, American and it's TriStar. Like it's a. It, this was a. Uh, yeah. How, when's the last time you saw movie? that fucking Pegasus? Huh. <laughs> it's been a while. Been but a that minute. Was a, that was a real studio at the time. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't a. This isn't a, a Canon movie. You know, it's not. It's not one of the. Uh, yeah, Hal Needham is the, a big. He's a Roger real Corman. director. So yeah, exactly. Man, it's a big so, hit. But it doesn't feel like it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so we learned that that crew. Uh, his mom wants them to do the SATs. <laughs> I think you have to, um, and then go to college. Um, yeah, and you can't get into like, college without SAT scores. And 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 so he's like, but the day of the qualifiers for the the hell track the is hell on track. the day of the SATs, uh, so he can't do it. Now this is like the main like conflict of the movie. Uh, which was very funny that when he's hanging out with um, Lori Laughlin, he's she's like he, she's like, are you going to college? He's like, no, and he's like, and she's like, why? He's like, well, the SATs are on the same day as the qualifiers, and she's like, 
so? <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know, you can just take them a different time, right? <laughs> 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 He's just like, oh, okay. And then he tells his mom that and she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then she's so mad for the rest. Of- okay, we, we're getting off track. <laughs> not many, not much stuff happens in the not movie. Not much stuff but- happens in this movie. <laughs> there's a lot it's of enough. just there's a lot of time chewing in this. I'm really really into that. <laughs> I love how much they just like fucking burn the time. <laughs> the whole sequence with the cop is really funny because they're just like they're right. you can tell they're at this like lumber facility. <laughs> and you could tell that they're just there. They rented it for the day and they're just like looking right. around at stuff and they're being like what else can we get him to ride his bike on? <laughs> uh, can we launch off that wood? Can we just put him could on top we, of uh, this other type of wood? <laughs> could, do you think this is dangerous to bunny hop off? I don't know. All right, we'll film that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it, it, it's, uh, it's very slap happy when it comes to the biking sequences. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're holding the hell track at their small town for no reason. Um, but Mongoose, a real bike company, a the real bike of, company. What the fuck is yeah. that? Because <laughs> the, 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 the main villain of this movie is the CEO of Mongoose Racing, <laughs> a real bike company. <laughs> and one of the most popular bike companies of the 80s. Yeah. Like, they, you know, they were and he's in, like, like, he's shown to be stores. this like duplicitous scoundrel who's like rigging the race and like trying to get his his athletes to like break crew's leg and shit. <laughs> Yeah, so he, for whatever reason, he, and he's a drunk. He's <laughs> just like a bad guy. But he also like I for I, it's really poorly set up because I thought he was like the principal of the school for a while. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like because he's at the school dance. Like, why is he there? Well, so why is because anyone they're, there? Yeah, so they're having the they're having the big hell track race in their little town, and uh, part of that involves they have like. It's like it's like in Game of Thrones when like the king shows up to Winterfell and he has like the whole parade with him and whatever and like the whole town is just gathered around watching King Robert come in and whatever. <laughs> and like it feels like that in this where there's like there's this like parade of these BMX people coming into town and everyone's like, "Oh my god. <laughs> BMX <laughs> racers in our little town." <laughs> Yeah, the Shriners come out for some reason and drive yeah. in their little cars. Uh, and then and then it's, it's such a big bizarre. deal that they all get invited to the prom. So all the BMX athletes are at the prom. Uh, these twin brother characters, uh, Rod and uh, Rex, uh, they're wearing. Oh, wow, they're wearing fucking like Mork and Mindy jumpsuits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, they look like they're from fucking some Star Trek planet or whatever. They look like they're um, the twins in Super Jail. <laughs> yes, they do. Hello, crew. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good move. <laughs> good move on the track, crew. <laughs> they disappear. <laughs> We're going to go suck each other's off. <laughs> I I've love had that enough show. Cycle racing. <laughs> Let's go suck each other's <laughs> <laughs> What a good show. What a good show. Uh, so, so <laughs> they look like that. 
Um, <laughs> they do be looking like that. <laughs> so, so yeah, they everyone goes. Oh, that he meets Lori Laughlin at the parade that they're having for some reason. They just like look at each other. Also, we have to mention that crew looks like a like he doesn't actually look old, but his face looks like he's like thirty seven. You know, like he just has this like aged, weathered face. Yeah, he's twenty five, um, I believe. I looked it up because I had the same feeling <laughs> as you. He's twenty five. He looks so old, but he's supposed to be a high schooler, and that's not abnormal. But he's also not attractive. Like mm-hmm. he's a weird looking dude, and I don't know. He must have actually had had bike skills or something because he. I don't think so. No, because they film him from behind whenever he does a trick. Then I have no idea why. And it's not like he's person. a good actor. Uh, I no. really, the, the <laughs> thing I kept thinking in this is like, it's so fucking funny to hire actors for this. Cause it's like, you already, like, you're gonna pay for BMX riders. And it's not like these actors are doing a great job to begin with. Why no, not just have lo- the BMX riders be the actors? <laughs> Cause like, Lori Laughlin is at least pretty and like, mm-hmm. you know, looks like a movie per like, looks like an actor. Sure. But Bill Allen, I mean, considering you know the the margin here of budget three million box office two like considering those margins i'm like you could have probably cut bill allen and gotten yourself a little bit closer to the line <laughs> yeah absolutely uh is that how much it made yeah it lost a million From bucks two- yeah jesus that's terrible it only cost three i mean i guess of course who the who even got paid um I guess there's real actors in it. But anyway, so he meets her there. Uh, not really. They just look at each other. And then when they go, they all go to the school dance for some reason. And then she has brought her bike. She's in town for the hell track. She's a professional racer. She races for mongoose, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think is even really mentioned until she shows up at the very end with a mongoose outfit on. Yeah. Um, and no one seems to mind that, yeah. <laughs> uh, considering everything else that happens. But uh, so, yeah, at the school dance, for whatever reason, they just start doing like bike dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone loves it. Everyone loves to it. To Send Me an Angel by Real Life, which is a good song. And their outfits um, uh, suddenly get sequins on them, which I think is very fun. Yeah. The, all of a sudden, they're in rhinestone for some reason. Uh, and then I guess that's... And then... We like they the 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 super jail twins get mad and just storm off for mm-hmm. some reason because they're like we wanted to show up them <laughs> we wanted to show our moves on our BMX bikes <laughs> <laughs> and then they just storm You'll off. You'll regret this. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then we smash cut to crew just biking away as fast as he can mm-hmm. from the school and then uh aunt becky just like looking around being like where did he go i <laughs> wanted so to mysterious. kiss him or something <laughs> yeah i don't know why he's leaving like nothing yeah. happened uh so they um, have like a they have a montage uh just kind of skipping us forward here <laughs> there's like a romantic montage where where uh crew and aunt becky hang out a bit and they they get to know each other this is the, fir- this more, is the first romantic montage <laughs> yeah more timber industry related imagery uh they they do a slide down a log flume <laughs> which he calls ass sliding yeah uh-huh he's like i wish i could be ass sliding right now <laughs> 
<laughs> he says it multiple times. Yeah, I find it He's very like, funny we too. We call this ass sliding. What is what rating did this get? Because I'm like PG, I guess. She well, says so shit one time. Yeah, there's some cursing. There's some um, there's some stuff that makes me think that it wouldn't have gotten a PG. It would have gotten like a PG thirteen or something. But a it's what? so obviously for kids um that yeah, like well you know the thing is is that at this time i think this is before pg-13 exists oh really so it, i think this is back then you could just like say fucking like functionally kids movies <laughs> um because pg-13 was, was I pg believe, yeah yeah um i believe pg-13 was applied to it's not temple of doom it's like one before that mm. um i can't remember what last it crusade is. uh Gre- gremlins and indiana jones temple of doom uh were both rated pg and people complained mm. um so the first film to ever be released with a pg-13 was red dawn in 1984 so this wasn't before but, but that was that, it's definitely interesting yeah because yeah, they curse and there's like i feel like there was stuff that like hinted at sexuality or something and it's interesting because like they do say ass lighting they do say ass lighting. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like there's so much footage of like in that uh paperboy montage of like like fire trucks and like stuff that like kids really like get off on and you're like this is definitely a children's movie like it's for it's for teens it's it's, it's like for kids yeah. yeah um but so anyway so we have a romantic montage blah 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 and then we're gonna get to the race because i mean this is just there's so much like there's so much shit around like getting to the race that's just so irritating and so hard to really keep track of <laughs> but basically like uh there's like a qualifier that crew does really well at and the mongoose guy is like why don't you come ride for mongoose uh but you have to throw the race and he's like, no, I won't do that. And then the mongoose guy's <laughs> like, all right, then I'll destroy you. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and then he like makes a new rule where you have to like have enough money to race. No, and then there's first this old you have man to be sponsored. Who... First, you have to be sponsored by a company. And then they use the winnings from the qualifier. They give them $10,000 and uh, they use the money to like make shirts and like make a little company called Rad rad riders or whatever ride rad bike, racing rad yeah. bikes rad racing there it is um and then they make like shirts and shit and they're like okay cool now we're qualified and then they go and they're like actually it has to be a real company worth fifty thousand dollars at least and then they raise a bunch of money the whole the whole town is like oh i'll give money and then one of the, the mongoose CEOs gives, like, like an impassioned speech <laughs> so weird who gives a shit with the weird like hogan's heroes uh guy wants to say uh and then like the other old man like donates like twenty five thousand dollars yeah to like get to the point uh and then they can do it so it's just a bunch of like stupid hurdles that aren't the rules that the guy is just making up specifically yeah. to keep one kid out and and, and in it's, a way and that it's doesn't like- make any sense or isn't real and it's all these things are like introduced and resolved within minutes. You know, it's like not like a huge part of the movie. It's just again, it's just chewing time. It's so much of this is it's just so clear that they just like were just like padding it out to be like, 
how do we get to 90? Come on, how do we get there? And this next sequence is really, truly w- w- the most egregious one in the whole movie. So we get to we get to Hell Track, the, the big right. race. This is the end of the movie. Yeah, this is the third act. We're, we're now really, in the third act. Like, literally all that happens is we have the 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 qualifier race which is there's three laps in the qualifier race and i'm pretty sure at least half of it is the same footage yeah like they use the same footage of him racing really fast like a couple times and then there's all of the stuff of them trying to fix this these problems and then we get to the end yeah so now we're we're at hell track they show us the course it's cool there's a big wall you got to drop down and then there's a couple yeah. obstacles blah 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 and then uh, we have a commentator who's going to introduce us to each individual cyclist <laughs> who's going to be in the race. I could not and, believe this. And my friends, <laughs> there are at least like 15 of them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's at least 12. And each one of them gets its own individual like and here <laughs> from Canada riding for big top bicycles is Hal Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and from Ohio, Mickey D. And then it's just like, yeah, it's a slowly it's just panning a pan between. across each of them. They just smile at the camera. <laughs> this takes like a full three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> <That's so long. laughs> it happens for so long. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then we watch the race <laughs> and then we um, see every lap of the race we see all of it <laughs> so the thing is is like this wouldn't be bad like you know speed racer works this way speed racer is a great movie that we should not even compare them but <laughs> they're both ostensibly racing movies <laughs> they're ostensibly racing movies but the problem is is like we don't really know like this they don't like show you the stakes very well because it's just like we keep seeing the like bowl full of milk that they jump through and then like the weird one, the trials mm-hmm. sort of like launch up and then straighten out like stuff. But it's like feels kind of out of order. <laughs> like yeah. I'm never sure where the end is. And there's a lot of trouble with differentiating the different riders. There's too many of them and they're all wearing too similar of stuff. So it's kind of hard to keep track of crew. There's a couple times where somebody falls off the track where you're like, oh no, crew fell. And they're like, nope, never mind. That was That's a Hal Jorbenson from, <laughs> from Monkey Bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different guy in a red jumpsuit. It's like, oh, that one didn't say red or his name on it. Yeah. Um, but there are too many red jumpsuits, and then there's all of the mongoose people are in yellow. So it's like, is that the bad guy? They're all wearing masks, you know. They all have yeah. helmets on because they because so, they're actors and they need to hide that it's a BMX rider, <laughs> right? <laughs> um. So it's um. The race isn't a very, the problem is the races aren't exciting and there's so much of them. Um, most of the movie, in fact, is the races. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they aren't really clear very often. I thought that the, I thought that the uh, qualifying race was kind of okay. Yeah. He like falls in the third one. Yeah. I don't think this like, one was terrible either. But they're it's not like, terrible, it's, but it's, they're not super exciting they're not super exciting and they're surrounded by just some of the most dismally annoying movie you've ever seen (laughs) yeah so then so what was really fucking mind-blowing to me about this movie is that 
Of course, Crew wins the race. We do not get to see him celebrate. Nope. Like, it cuts directly to not the twins, a different blonde guy who has had maybe three shots in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And he's walking away disappointed. And the CEO of Mongoose says, you'll be looking for another job now. Yeah, you're fired. You suck. And then the twins are like, I can't believe you blew the race. You really (laughs) suck. (laughs) And then crew is like, well, I guess rad racing is going to need some new riders. And they lift up a bike together. And then it cuts <laughs> to another to another montage <laughs> of flat ground of BMX riders that we have not seen in the movie. And we haven't like we haven't like spent enough time with this bad the because you know he worked for Mongoose and he was like supposed to win or whatever, but like first of all, it's insane to be like I'm sponsored by Mongoose, but if I don't get first place, I lose my sponsorship. Yeah, that's not how anything works, but. It's not like it's not like they've had any interactions where they're like mugging for each other, or like being like I can beat you or they they haven't really even seen or said more than a couple words to each yeah. other. He's barely a character. So there's no there's no like we don't the even twins get, are much like, more memorable. That should have been who it was at the end. <laughs> right. Okay. So also during this race, the mom has like the worst expressions where she just looks pissed the whole time. Yeah. I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling. (laughs) (laughs) And then when he wins, she just like still looks less, she just like looks less pissed. Yeah. Uh, And then she's not even at the like little place where they're celebrating. Nope. It's like, it's like at the end of the movie, they were apparently all along, not the main characters, but no one else was either. No, you know what it is, is it's, it's, that same feeling of like when we're struggling through an episode, we were like running out of shit to say and you hit the 16. <laughs> you're just like, and that's movies. It's like, it's very <laughs> obvious that they're, they reach the end of the movie and everybody's just like, and that's the martini shot. You guys lift up the bike and cut. And we are out of here. Out of here. <laughs> Let's go get drinks. <laughs> I need Coke. <laughs> get me out of Portland <laughs> or wherever yeah. this is. So this movie just, fucking ends like it's just he wins goodbye like there's no kiss with Lori Laughlin. there's no hug with the mom he won like a hundred thousand dollars oh this was filmed in to... canada by the way oh that makes sense yeah there's probably a lot of canadian actors um yeah i th- it's just like there's no ending like we don't even get to see him like being put up on shoulders nothing nothing it's it's just he we see a different guy get fired and then they're like hey do you want to ride with us and he's like yeah and then they like hold the bike awkwardly <laughs> just hold the together. bike <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and then it freeze frames for like a second and then credits credits and again the credits uh, over, are a montage of yeah of cyclists so as for montage month this movie sure does have a lot of montages sure does. <laughs> I, it's not a bad pick, but this is the opposite form of montage from uh, Edge of Tomorrow, where Edge of Tomorrow is using it to show something that really couldn't be shown yeah. in a, and, even and in a television show. You wouldn't want to watch his failures over and over and again. Yeah, that's what I was going to um, say, is, is, is in Edge of Tomorrow, the montages are generous. They're being generous, and they're saying, you don't need to see all this again. 
let's just do a montage and show you a couple of iterations of the same idea. We'll just get through this and we'll get to the next interesting thing. This is selfish right. with its montages <laughs> where it says, well, I don't value your time and clearly you don't value it either. <laughs> so let's just show a couple minutes of them just walking around the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's like multiple romantic montages too that feel... Yeah. Both romantic montages end with them fully clothed in sweaters in a lake. Mm -hmm. Different times. <laughs> one of my uh, favorite they... parts of one of those montages is um, they're like standing looking out at something and uh, and, and Becky is like uh, beautiful country out here. And uh, crew is like, yeah, it is. I've never been anywhere else or whatever. But because uh, I've been playing, um, <laughs> I've been replaying Red Dead Redemption. And um, oh, okay. I'm trying to do an honorable playthrough. And like the only way that you can really get enough honor to do the honorable playthrough is you just to talk to everybody all the time. You just have like a function that says like chat with this person. And so I'm constantly like riding okay. my horse around just being like, hey, mister. How's it going? <laughs> and one of the things that Arthur says all the time is beautiful country out here. <laughs> I just like fucking lost it when she says beautiful country out here. I'm like, you're just trying to get the honorable playthrough of Rad. <laughs> you're just trying to get crew to give you honor. Yeah, you're getting the little cowboy icon because <laughs> you did a good cowboy thing. <laughs> uh yeah so this movie is is functionally just they wanted they knew they could show a bunch of bmxers and get people to watch it kids would be interested who are interested in, it's a, it's it's like a cash in for pokemon you know like it, it feels like um it feels like a a, a property cash in like yeah. oh uh people like micro machines so we're going to make a Micro Machines movie. This but feels like a Three Ninjas was... type of thing. It feels like a sure. movie that's complete dog shit when you revisit it. But yes. somebody, I'm assuming that whichever Dark Councilman uh, put this in, in the playlist, I'm assuming it was a Three Ninjas for them where it was just glued in their VHS player <laughs> and they just watched it over and over and over again when they were kids. Right. There's no uh, th other There's no other purpose this movie like serves to anybody's life than that. There's no way well, somebody saw say, this as an adult and they were like, cool movie. <laughs> hell yeah. No, yeah, I, I think for me, uh, this really felt like a movie I would watch with my my bad movie crew. Mm -hmm. um, because it if you watch this with a group of people, I it's think it's probably a real blast. Yeah. Enough of it is pretty funny. Uh, there, there's there's I mean, the dance sequence at the school dance. Uh, a lot of the romance stuff, the ass sliding. I wish I was ass sliding right now. Like, there's some really funny shit in here because of how bad it is. But especially watching it alone, it's it's not so absurd. It's like mostly sort of cynical and just paint by numbers and getting you through to the BMX stuff that I wouldn't recommend watching this no, alone. No, I definitely wouldn't recommend watching this alone. If you've got a crew and you feel like getting drunk and watching something really stupid... I would probably recommend this for that application. Yes. I think it's a really like it's a really good display of just piss poor acting. Like just like <laughs> nobody wants to be on this movie. And these are real actors. Some of these people, they have real careers. Yeah. So it's like it's the not like they're is, just nobodies. Like <laughs> the mom is putting in probably the worst 
effort I've ever seen of a real actor. Yeah. Like this is like this is like Al Pacino in Jack and Jill level, like just Even doesn't want to be looks there. good in comparison. Like this feels right. like this feels like everybody got the script a week before they were on set. <laughs> They got two takes and then they moved Didn't on. Didn't read it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she is cashing a check so hard. Yeah, the director uh, like isn't even on set. He's like calling. It's the 80s, so he's not even like zooming in. He's just like on speakerphone, <laughs> just like, yeah, and have them uh, slide down the log flume or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Bert's like, Hal, come to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm directing a movie, Bert. Bert, I'm directing right now. <laughs> One second. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really bad, uh, and I think it's bad enough that in 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 some situations I would recommend it because it's pretty funny at, at how bad it is. Uh, don't watch this alone. It's terrible. I, I, that I, I always feel a little weird when we get to so bad it's good movies because. We've definitely like straight up, like we straight up recommend Faithful Findings. That's mm-hmm. so bad and that you can watch it alone and it's still funny. Yes. Same um, with The Talking Cat. Same with Surviving Edged Weapons. Yeah. This movie is not that funny. No. But if you need one, if you're running out of like top tier so bad it's good, this is probably serviceable. Yeah. You get a little drunk, get a little high and then If you had like a weekly on. bad movie night, this would be a great one to chuck in the uh into yes. the queue. I may have actually seen this before. I'm in one of those situations been forgotten it, but I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely seen Shredder Orpheus and a couple other movies like this. Yeah, um, I feel like I'd remember this. <laughs> yeah, I think I would too. Uh so yeah, the, it's it is the recommendation in only in the that situation if you want a movie especially if you have a crew that like mine kind of has a a real like soft spot for really stupid 80s stuff Mm -hmm. because this is so fucking 80s yeah i will say i i I will say that i really kind of do like the look of this movie like his blue bmx uh and like he's got like a bandana around his pants and like just some of like the aesthetic choices are like real like bright and colorful mm-hmm. um and i i think that that kind of adds to why you would watch this in a in a group in a crew setting uh because it's just funny just like to see the hairstyles and and the and the uh the look of it so very very light recommend in a so bad it's good way otherwise never watch this movie yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> never you must never watch this <laughs> You simply must never watch it. We put it. <laughs> we, I never will, we're going, Werner. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to delete this footage. <laughs> uh, okay, but until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thanks for the Dark Council for putting us through this trash. Um, our next movie uh should we say what our next movie is i, I it's been funny because people say that the dark Hill, nobody knows what it is oh yeah what is um it? it's well i'll tell you <laughs> it's called it's the next movie is called digs town um and i i've never heard of it i don't know anything about it uh so i really hope it's not terrible but i think the 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 council member who picked it actually really likes it um as like a uh they're sort of like sick day like childhood movie or whatever Mm -hmm. 
so it's like they're that thing you do for me i think <laughs> so i i i'd love to see a, a weird movie that i've never seen before that is like that for someone else but uh if you'd like to know more about this show and you'd like to hang out and get a bonus episode once a week go to patreon.com slash generation loss uh and you will get one those things and you also get access to the discord where we watch the movie uh that we're going to talk about on the episode and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Jen Lost Pod. And you can follow us individually from there. You can listen to my other show, BB Bledis. Um, Jeremy, you've got. Nope. No, you don't have Albummer anymore. I got nothing. All right. Nothing, baby. This <laughs> is it. Movies all day. Movie mindset, baby. Uh, but yeah, so thanks for listening. And until next time, that's, that's movies. movies. Hey,